Welcome to Revealed Truth, the audio outreach ministry of Moores Creek Baptist Church. I am Pastor Roger Barnes, and I invite you now to join me as we open the Bible, God's Revealed Truth. Let's continue where we were at uh, last week, which is in Ephesians chapter 4, talking about putting on the new man, talking about putting on the new man. So Ephesians chapter 4, once you've found that, if you would be so kind as to stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word. We will start reading in the 24th verse. And it reads like this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption." Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Father, this morning we have worshipped you through our time together, fellowshipping and studying the word in Sunday school, through our singing, Father, our time with the children, and oh, how beautiful that music was this morning, and I Pray that it was as a sweet incense to your nostrils. Now, Father, as we open the word, I ask that you completely focus our attention upon you. Let those things of the outside world be put aside. Let us hear your still small voice as you speak. In order to do that, Father, I ask that you make very little of me and very much of you, that you may be glorified in this place. This we pray in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Let me get a running start into where we are this morning. You know that we've been looking at this fourth chapter. The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians were all about the theology. The theology of what it meant to be a Christian and what God's done in your heart and life through His Son, Jesus Christ. About the adoption of us into that family. Then He picks up in the fourth chapter and He starts taking that theology and making application to our life with it. And from the beginning of the fourth chapter to the end of the book, it'll be all about the application of that word. And it'll be a painful application of that word. Because anytime change takes place in a life, it is painful. It is painful to take a look honestly at your own life through the Word of God and and see that your life falls short and realize there are things in your life that have to be changed. And he started off in that fourth chapter talking about what the old man was, if you remember. And now he's moved to this new man. He, He went from verse 17 down through really the 22nd verse talking about this new man. And then in the 22nd, 23rd, and then particularly the 24th verse, he highlights the fact that we are to put on the new man because of what God has done in recreating us. He didn't come into the old house and make it look better. He did away with the old house and built a new one. That new house is built in the likeness of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So this morning we approach the Word 
looking not for those outward things we can change, but for the change that comes inward because of what Christ has done so that the outward appears differently. This morning we realize that he's already talked to us about a couple of things that we are to do to be a new creation, to look like the new creation. He told us back at the very beginning of chapter 4 that we're to have this transformed mind, this transformed mind as he worked down through the passage. Then he moved from there to this truth-filled life where we're to take the truth of God's word and let it change our life. And then last week, we started looking at the fact that we are then to live a truly godly life. I challenged you last week and said, what would it look like if each of us really lived a godly life in everything we did? What, what would it look like to the world? What would it look like to each other, to our families, to our friends? You know, he started off there in that 24th verse as he got to the end of it. He said that we were made in true righteousness and holiness. You know, we're righteous not because of what we do or who we are. We're righteous because of what Christ did and who he is. And then he tells us that we are to be holy. And I asked you last week, how many of you would really hang the label of holy on your life? Yet that's the standard that God said. For he said in 1 Peter 1.16, be holy because I am holy. In other words, our God is holy and if we are to be godly, then we are also to be holy. Then he starts there in the 25th verse by giving us some examples of those things we are to put off. Remember, he is speaking to the church at Ephesus. He is not talking to the outside world. He is not talking to those who do not believe. He is talking specifically to those who believe. And remember the first thing that he said last week? He said in verse 25, put away lying. Boy, that's a great place to start with the church now, isn't it? If you want to be a pastor and you want to get to be elected as the pastor of a church, when you do your trial sermon, you should pull out the 25th verse of Ephesians chapter 4. Look the church in the eye and say, I want to be your pastor. And the first thing you've got to do is put off your lying. None of us want to think about that, do we? None of us want to think that we are liars. Yet last week, I ran over a list for you, if you remember, a list of things that we, we lie about from the bald-faced life, where we just flat lie about something to, from there to that half-truth, where we tell enough of the truth to kind of get you thinking, but we leave out the rest and let you fill in the blanks, which really winds up half a truth being a full lie. There's no way around that. We went from there to the exaggerated truth, you know, the old fisherman story. I caught a six-foot-long bass the other day. <laughs> you know, somehow it grows every time we tell the story. From there to the fact that, you know, cheating on something's lying. Cheating on your taxes. Cheating on a test at school. Cheating the way you do things in business. From there to even the betrayal of confidence. When someone comes to you and says, can I share my heart with you and will you keep it to yourself? And you say yes. And no sooner do you leave their presence, you just want to call someone to tell them. And you do it. You're shrouded in good old Christian Baptist ease, I call it. We call our neighbor and say, I need you to pray for something for my friend. And you share it with them because you want to tell them what it is, but you kind of cover it up in the fact that could you just pray for them? When really the person told you in confidence you were to keep it to yourself. From there to making false excuses about things. And then the, the last one I mentioned last week was staying silent when the truth need to be spoken. You know, to stay silent in the face of the fact that we need to speak the truth is lying about your God. When a person tells you that, you know, God's a God of love, he wouldn't send anyone to hell. And instead of starting an argument, you go, you don't say anything. That's lying about your God. 
When a person comes to you and says, God loves everyone. He made man and woman. Why can't two men or two women get married? God made them. You just give them the nod. The good old Baptist nod, I call it. You don't want to start a fight. That's lying about your God. You know, but Paul here, what he writes is, he says, put off lying. Put away the lying in our lives. And then he goes on to tell us why. Specifically, he says there at the end of the 25th verse, for we are members of one another. It, it came to my mind as I read this, as I thought about it, to actually lie about each other or to break confidence with each other or to not tell the truth about God is a lot like you're telling a lie about yourself. Because if we are in each other because we're all in Christ and we're one body and we choose to lie about another member of the body, we're lying about ourselves. How ridiculous would it be if your body decided to lie about itself, your physical body? Let's say your brain decided to lie to your hands when you walked up to the stove and said, Hands, that's not hot. Just grab that cast iron pan. Yes, sure, the bacon happens to be just sizzling away, but it's not hot. Just grab it. What if your brain decided to lie to your hands? What would happen when you grab the pan? You'd get burnt. What if your eyes decided to lie to your brain, which then in turn passed on the information to your foot and your hands when you're driving down the road? You could see that it looks like a corner coming, but your eyes said, that doesn't go left, that goes right. And it, speed happens to be changing. Even though the sign says 35, your brain says it says 55. So your brain tells your foot to speed up and your hands to turn right when the road goes left and you're supposed to be running 35. It's not going to turn out too good for your physical body now, is it? You know, but when we lie to each other in the church or about each other in the church, it's just that ridiculous. It is really just that ridiculous because he says here, we are members of one another. Another, Look next to you. Just look at the person sitting next to you. Do you realize y'all are one? I mean, not like marriage. It's not that kind of church. But you are one. Each of you are an integral part of the body of Christ at Morse Creek Baptist Church. Each of us reside in a particular part of the body, and each of us are connected by one thing, Jesus Christ. And for us to say something about another part of the body is just as ridiculous as our eyes lying to our brain or our, our brain lying to our hands. You see, we are to speak the truth with each other. When we speak lies in the body it brings disunity it brings disunity see we are to never bring disunity because disunity damages the body when we tell an unfounded truth or something that we heard or we pass on a rumor that we may have passed by that someone whispered in our ear we bring disunity to the body when we perceive something that may or may not be true Yet we choose not to find out if it is the truth. We just spread it as if it was the way we saw it. For instance, you happen to ride by the ABC store. You see somebody coming out with a box under their arm. You've got a couple of choices you can make. Either that person is having a pretty good party and needs a box full of liquor. Or that person could be moving and 
They say the liquor boxes are pretty strong. And you could spin it any way you want. You could get on the phone. You could call Brother Shave. He said, Brother Shave, you're not going to believe this. I just saw Neil coming out of the ABC store with a box under his arm. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not real familiar with ABC stores, and I'm not real familiar. It looked like a Jack Daniels box. Maybe, Brother Shabby, we should pray for Brother Neil. Maybe that's what we should do. And we just leave it right there. Instead of, I called Brother Neil and said, Brother Neil, is there anything we need to talk about? <laughs> Happen to see you coming out of the ABC store the other day with a box under your arm. Brother Neil's either going to lie to me and say, I wasn't there. <laughs> or he's going to say, I wasn't picking up liquor. Or he's going to say, you know what? I got a neighbor that needed a heavy-duty box so they could put some stuff in to move. Now I know the truth about the matter. Yet what are we inclined to do? We're inclined to see something. We're inclined to make a judgment of what that something is. And then in the goodness of our heart, because we want our brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for them, we call our neighbor and say, how about pray with me about this? You know that entire scenario is a lie that brings disunity to the body of Christ. Many a church has split because of lying. Many a church has gone to the wayside because of lying in that church. You see, when oftentimes we don't get our way in the church, we've got an idea of something that we want to do. We think we know the best way to do it. And when we don't get our way, we decide we're going to tell everybody that, you know what, they told me my way stunk. Or, you know, they didn't even ask my opinion. Or we're going to go find something on those folks and we're going to start talking about them behind their back. Why? Because we don't like the fact that they didn't let us have our way. You know what that brings to a church? Death. That's what that brings to a church is death. You see, because it's not about our way. I drive the committees here absolutely nuts. And I know I do, especially the Building and Grounds Committee. Brother Eddie comes to me all the time and says, Pastor, we're going to be meeting on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock if you can make it. That's okay. I never even show up. He goes back the next week. Hey, we're going to meet again this week at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night just in case you can make it. He finally learned, I think, about the first year. You can tell me all you want, but God pointed y'all to do the building and grounds. Y'all, you're good. Just, just come let me know what you're doing. I'm good with it because you know why? I realize I don't own this church. I don't have to have my way. I want God to have his way. And if God led you to elect those gentlemen and ladies to do that position, I'm going to let God work through them to do it. Do they do things that I don't like? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because I'm a human. Y'all do things all the time that I don't like. But you know what it makes me do? It makes me grow. When you do something I don't like, but it's still the right thing, it makes me grow. Because I have to realize God speaks to you just like he speaks to me. He can lead you to do the right thing without this pastor saying this is the right thing. And you know what I find out in the long run? <laughs> you grow through the process also. You grow through the process by taking ownership of it. But we have a tendency as a body to want our way. And when we don't get our way, we see things that are lies, half-truths, falsehoods, share rumors, give up confidence. We do those things because we're hurt. But in all honesty, lying in the church, I think, is first on his list because it is the greatest problem that we have in our church today. Not only lying against each other in the church, lying about our relationship with God, we lie to the world about who our God is. Those are three major lies that we tell as a church every day. How do I know that? Because there are those that have problems within the church. I hear about it because something's been said. I know there are those that 
sit quietly when things happen at your workplace and you don't speak up for God. I know that because you come and tell me about the things that happen. I also realize that we as a church lie to the world about who our God is. Because I went yesterday, I rode around the neighborhood before our uh, function yesterday afternoon. God laid it on my heart to go knock on doors, drop off some pamphlets, and invite some people. I stopped at one house up the street. It was a house of a different race. It was a group of folks setting up in the front yard for a party. I pull in, and obviously they looked at me a little strange. Here comes a guy in a white truck that's of a different skin color, bailing out of his truck in the front yard as they're setting up a party. I told him I wasn't there for the party yet, but I may be back. <laughs> that, that started off. And then I passed him out a flyer and said, Hey, I know you guys are getting ready to have a function. We're doing some things up the street up here from 3 to 5 o'clock. going to have some games for the kids. And we're going to have some chili and hot dogs, some fellowship, some fun together. And there was 8 or 10 folks standing around. Just so happens, the gentleman that I met there actually had something to do with our church. He put the brick around this building that you're sitting in. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. He told me, he said, you're from Morris Creek? I said, yeah. He says, I put the brick on that building. I said, wow. I said, great job. It's still standing. I said, good job. Good job. After I'd shared with him a few minutes, he pulled me to the side there with a couple other guys. He said, I need to ask you something, Pastor. He said, you're, you're inviting us up to your church? I said, absolutely. I'm inviting you to the church. He said, you're serious? I said, absolutely, I'm serious. He said, you sure we'd be welcome? Did you hear that? The man, the man looked me in the eye and said, are you sure we'd be welcome? It wasn't because of the type of party that we're having. It's because his skin color was black and mine was white. You want to know what we've been doing to the community right here around us? We've been lying to them. We've been lying that the God that we worship is a white God. We've been worshiping a God that they can't worship because they're a different skin color. You want to know why everybody sitting in this room is white? Because you've been lying to the guy down the street. I had the man look me in the eye yesterday and said, are you sure we'd be welcome? And I said, yes, you are. And if they don't welcome you, they're not welcome. Because we have been lying to the world. That you have to look like us, you have to talk like us, you have to dress like us, you have to think like us to be a part of us. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And if you believe that lie, you don't know my God. Matter of fact, you're not even sure who Jesus is because I got a real funny feeling he didn't look like this. You see, the God that we worship is a God for everybody. There's not a black God for the black church down the street. There's not a Hispanic God for the Hispanic church down the street. There is one God. He is Elohim. He is the I Am. And he had one son, Jesus Christ, that crawled upon a cross and died for you, whether you were white, black, Chinese, Hispanic. It didn't matter. But we as a church, by the way we act, have lied to an entire community sitting around us. There will be a day you will stand before the man who stretched his arms out on a cross and died for your sins, and you'll answer for that one thing for sure. I'll tell you this, your pastor's not going to stand there and say, I didn't want a black person to go to heaven because I'm going to go visit them. I'm going to go witness to them. If it makes you mad, come shut the door of my office and we'll talk about you getting saved. I don't know any other way to put it. But we need to quit lying to the world around us. 
We need to show them the love of Jesus. See, lying in a church brings disunity. Truth in a church brings unity. How do we know that? Paul told us at the very beginning of chapter 4, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How do you keep that? There is one body. There is one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, by one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. (laughs) What is the truth of God? We all worship one God. We all worship Him through the death, burial, and resurrection of one Son. We as a church need to quit lying to each other, We need to quit lying by giving up confidence that's been entrusted in us. And we need to quit lying to the world and go show them Jesus. Since I deviated from my notes this morning, we'll never get off of that point. So I challenge you with this. What is your heart for the lost? Do you really believe in all of your heart? That Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world. Do you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is only one way to go to heaven? And that's through Jesus Christ. Can you answer in your heart this morning that you know Jesus is the only way, the only door, the only truth, the only way to have life? If you say yes to that, ask you a follow-up question. Do you believe that He is God of everyone and Savior of everyone? You see, the truth of the Word and knowing that truth will set you free. It will set you free spiritually. It will set you free physically. I believe as a church, a church universal, and especially a church here at Morse Creek, we need to quit lying to the world. We need to leave this place on Sunday, not motivated to talk about what the pastor talked about, but to talk about the God that the pastor talked about. You see, Paul didn't say put off lying as an outward physical symbol of you being saved. If he did, then he lied just a few chapters back when he said salvation is the gift, the graciousness of God, not your works. You see, there's no way your works are going to make any difference in your salvation. That's all through Jesus Christ. But here's what Paul is saying. What happens out here comes from in here. See, you shouldn't put off lying to check it off your box. God, I didn't lie. How good did I do? No. He said there... Whenever he wrote chapter verse 24, he said that we are made in true righteousness and holiness, which was created according to God. Do you know God does not lie? Do you know that? Do you know God cannot lie and be God? Do you know that? Is there anyone who watches over God? You see, when we talk about lying, we teach a child not to lie. How do we do it? We first 
Till if we catch you lying, we're going to punish you. Isn't that the way we do it? You're going to lose your cell phone or your TV time, or you're going to get a whipping the way I got it. And stealing the cell phone from us in my day and time was getting a switch off the tree outside. I think I had an entire bush that was stripped right down to the stalk by the time I got out of Mom and Daddy's house. But, but we applied a little pain to get people to quit lying. That, that was one way. Another way was, Dad used to say, Son, don't lie. You're a Barnes. Boy, that brings reproach to my name, son. Don't do that. You're a Barnes. You ever had your mom and dad say that? Don't do something. Because you're a Newton or whatever it may be. See, that's a way. But is that why God doesn't lie? See, there is nobody looking at God saying, if you lie, I'm going to bring the switch on your behind. There is nobody looking at God saying, God, don't lie because you bring reproach on a name. Why does God not lie? Because God's holy. See, Paul's telling us not to lie because we're afraid we're going to be punished. Not to, to stop lying because we're afraid that we're going to have something removed from us. Not to stop lying because God's going to zap us if we do it. He's saying don't lie because you're supposed to be like God. You're supposed to look like God. You're supposed to act like God. You're supposed to want what God wants. God wants you to be holy. So I challenge you this morning, church, are you willing, first and foremost, to give up lying against one another because that is against God? Are you willing to give up lying to make yourself look better because that is against God? Or are you willing to also give up the lie of staying silent when you have the opportunity to speak the truth? You know as well as I do, every day you pass people that are lost and dying and going to a place called hell. And we're awful selective in who we share that gospel with. My heart is broken in the fact that we aren't sharing the gospel with the very neighbors that live within shouting distance of our church. I think if Jesus were to walk these roads, he wouldn't pass a single house that he didn't stop and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you willing to give up the lie that you've got to look like us to get into heaven? Are you willing to do that which God does daily and share the good news of Jesus Christ? I challenge you this morning with that. Thank you for joining us here at Revealed Truth. I would like to personally invite you to visit with us at Morris Creek Baptist Church. We're located at 3107 Union Chapel Road in Curry, North Carolina. Our Sunday school starts at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings and is followed at 11 o'clock with our Sunday morning worship service. We also have a time of prayer and Bible study on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. We look forward to seeing you soon.